We welcome back to the show today, Terry Canova. Terry has been a trooper today because I told him the wrong day for recording. Because like everyone at Christmas, I haven't got a clue what day it is. Terry, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am doing great. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and, and your family. Um, hey, it's, it's, it's really kind of good timing because uh, everybody in my house is still sleeping. They were up late, <laughs> late last night. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Terry is an absolute <laughs> legend for doing this today. It's uh, mega short notice. So thank you very much. Um, this will be out in a, in a couple of weeks. So all the Christ- Christmas cheer will be well and truly over by then. But I'm interested in what do you have on Christmas Day? Because obviously Turkey is a Thanksgiving Day tradition in America. That's a t- we have that on Christmas Day. What do you have uh, on, on Christmas Day? What did you have? <laughs> Yeah. So, so for us, we, uh, you know, we did all the Turkey and the normal stuff on Thanksgiving. Mm. And then my wife, my wife decided, you know what, let's be very simple. So, so I made a large pot of gumbo, uh, chicken and sausage gumbo. And then, um, my wife, one of her specialties is a broccoli rice casserole. That's fantastic. Uh, she she did that. And then we had a couple desserts and we just kind of kept it simple this year. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we, so we don't obviously don't, don't have Thanksgiving, but Turkey is our Christmas. Christmas. So we had a Turkey, we had a ham and we had a beef as well. So it was all the meats, lots of meat sweats. And I had to have an indigestion tablet midway through Christmas dinner, which actually revived me little burp. And I was <laughs> onto plate number two. So um, this is it. We're here. We're here in the final year of the Universal Wrestling Federation. Can you believe it? I don't, I guess we probably first spoke about uh, Mid-South in 1984, I'm thinking. So obviously three years after that now, it's, it's a bit mad that we're near the end now, aren't we? It, it it is. It's 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 uh it's sad. It's sad. It sad. You, you know, maybe we got to go back and do a redo and just start over from the beginning and just do it all over again. How maybe maybe we will. I'm not sure my wife would be too <laughs> fond of me doing that, but we'll uh, maybe we'll do that. But yeah, this is it. I mean, we've we've really got. I mean, I'm just looking at the YouTube list now. We've we've got uh, I think about ten episodes before the before the Crockett buyout. Now I'm going to cover all that. I'm hoping to have Eric Watts back on the show uh, and maybe Micah um, nearer the time. So if I don't get that ha- that to happen, then I've over-promised and under-delivered there to talk about the sale and all that good stuff. But I'm going to keep it going all the way through to um, the end of the promotion. So, But today we're going to have a little bit of a kind of semi-watch along of the um, January the 10th, 1987 episode of the UWF. So the first of 1987. So I'm going to hit play in... Let me just get this right, because I know you're putting it on your TV at the same time, Terry. So in three, two, one, play. There we go. And we've got a bit of Terry Gordian, Dr. Death, to start off with. So that that must be old, because... Gordy's been away in Japan, and um, I don't know whether, whether, you're, whether you're caught up on where we are, but this is this is soon after One Man Gang was presented with the title. Do you remember that angle at all? You know, I, I do. Uh, as as you and and all of the the follow our followers know, I'm, I'm a little sketchy with dates and times, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I do remember that angle. I do. Yeah, and it's it just it just felt so odd, really. One Man Gang was so happy, but it was just like I don't really understand. Well, I guess they did it because they wanted they had, they had Christmas shows and they wanted to have a champion, but it it felt a bit a bit odd. Let's listen into what Jim Ross has got to say at the start of this episode. Big crowd Hello here. Again, everybody, and welcome to the Universal Wrestling Federation. This is Universal Wrestling. I'm Jim Ross, and I'll be your host for the next 60 minutes. It's going to be a tremendous hour. 
You'll see some great single competitors like Eli the Eliminator in the hour. You'll see the giant angel of death and the return of Ted DiBiase in the Hurrah. hour. Plus this is one we're looking forward action. to there. You're going to see the Fantastics take on hot <laughs> stuff Eddie Gilbert and Sting. You'll see Chavo Guerrero scheduled to be Iceman King Parsons as his partner. They'll be taking on the former UWF Tag Team Champions, Bad Leroy Brown and Wild Bill Irwin. I say former champions, Terry Taylor and Hacksaw Duggan in Fort Worth, Texas, won those Universal Heavyweight Ooh. Championship belts. Michael Big news. will also be joining me in the hour to provide some color commentary. It should be a super hour. We hope that you're having a great holiday season, and we're really going to start off 1987 with a bang. Some big matches, some great confrontations. We're happy that you're with us, and now let's go to the ring and Mike Wilson. Angel of Death. I'm not a big fan of this guy. What, what, have you got any memories of this, this guy at all? I, unfortunately, I do have some memories, but I'm, I'm with you. Uh, no, no offense if, if uh, he or any of his family members listen to our podcast, but this guy did absolutely zero for me at all. No, no, he didn't at all. Look at the body on Jeff Rates as well. Like, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. You may not have heard our Christmas, but he popped up in the Christmas episode last week. Their Christmas episode when I had like promos and wishing people Merry Christmas, and I was surprised that he got the t he got time to actually sort of cut a little promo there. But it was it was pretty miserable to be honest. It didn't it didn't seem like he was having a perhaps he wasn't particularly looking forward to Christmas because maybe he had his in laws around. How do you is it is it, just, <laughs> my in laws are fine. I can't complain. How do you get on with your in laws? Because in, in my friendship group, there's a lot of mixed feelings about in laws. What are your perhaps you can't say on there if your if your wife is in in earshot what the what the reality is. No, no, I, I can. Uh, you know, I, we actually have a blended family. So so uh, we're we're actually the second spouses. Uh, Kim is my second wife and, mm. and I'm her second. And so, so we my got parents together. Like that little, as well. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get a little later. And so unfortunately, her, her dad had passed uh, when, when we met. But uh, and her mom has since passed. But her mom, oh. dear, 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 dear lady. And, and we got along fine. And, uh, and and I think I think Kim gets along just fine with, with, with my folks. My folks are still here and here locally. Um, and I think she gets along fine with them. So so we, I don't think we had any of those in-law issues. Good. I feel really terrible about making sort of cheap in-law gags when some of the in-laws have passed away now. So I'm going to go and have a look, long, hard look at myself in the mirror after this. As I think no, no, of, no. <laughs> the angel of death has just hit a splash where I think his... He kind of missed it, and most of the impact was with his crotch, which I can't imagine was particularly comfortable for either man. Um, but yeah, I just don't get this Angel of Death guy. He's not a, you know, not a particularly great look, is he? I, I just don't see what Bill Watts really saw in him. And I, and I do wonder, and hopefully we'll, we'll get this out of Eric if I can get him on. Um, I, I wonder. I mean, I'd love to speak to Bill again, but I think that's probably unlikely. But I do wonder what was happening at this time. So I know that in the in the places that they were they were traditionally running shows that they weren't drawing all that well as angel of death is um about to win but by this point they had a really significant tv network and this show was available almost everywhere so you've got this kind of double-edged situation where um from a live event capacity their traditional strongholds weren't doing all that well but then you had a big tv network it's just a funny time and obviously crockett was was um was sold within probably a year or so of them buying uwf they were gone as well so yeah uh, what did you think of that fall away slam on Mr. Wright to the wind by the angel of death there? Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I'm still trying to figure out the angel of death. It, it's almost like 
you know, one of those memes, it's like what you ordered on wish and what you really got. <laughs> it's like somebody, <laughs> somebody ordered stone cold, Steve Austin, and they got the angel of death. Uh, Absolutely. That's it. <laughs> I'd never heard of Wish until two days ago. I was watching a. Um, I don't know if you, I don't think you are a golfer, are you, uh, Terry? I believe I've probably spoken about this before. You're not a golfer, are you? I don't think. No, no, because no, feel it, feel is. But I saw a review of a driver that someone bought on Wish, and it was completely fake. And I think on the ten, tenth shot, the head of the club flew off. So uh, yeah, avoid <laughs> Wish for as much as you possibly can, because Wish is Wish is not the one. Um, so which, at this point in time, because I know you were, you were serving in the military around this time, had you finished by this point or do you, were you back watching? Can you remember? Well, no, uh, not, not this as much. Uh, so, so I went straight from the army and, uh, did a two year stint in the army. And when I got out of the army, I went right into college. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. there was a little. yeah, there was a little too much, uh, nightclub and bar time <laughs> to, uh, to, to watch now what you know what we did do uh and and i don't remember uwf ever coming around but uh nwa would come around to uh like monroe louisiana which was mm. pretty close to us and and i do remember going to some nwa shows uh, around this time but uh, and, and i believe they might have had like the bunkhouse stampede going on and oh, again yeah, part of my time probably yeah 87 88 yeah, that would have been i think yeah 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 but 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 no, uh, I don't think I saw any UWF stuff. Uh, and again, everything I know from UWF would come later back on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. This is quite a big match we've got next here. This is um, this is Sting and Eddie Gilbert versus the Fantastics. I still haven't quite been able to... The Fantastics entrance just goes on and on and on, though it's a very good, very good tune. I haven't quite managed to connect the dots as of yet as to when... Um, Sting actually turns babyface because that 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 I know Sting was kind of a big one of the few big sort of benefactors um, coming out of this uh, the kind of the UWF. Did did you see much in him or, or in terms of around this time? Because I guess you probably would have seen him in the NWA when you when he did when they did shows in your your sort of area. Yeah, you know that was kind of my first experience with him would, would have been in the NWA. Uh, you know, of course, you know, greatly aware of the Fantastics and 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 hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Uh, but uh, but but Sting, this this part of Sting, I had to kind of double back and and see this stuff of him. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So by this by the time this is out, this question is going to be about out of date. But I, but I'm, am I right in thinking that New Orleans Saints have won their last two games? Uh, the, the Saints have won their last two games. Mm. Uh, they uh, if they'd have got a little help from uh, the the Cardinals on uh monday night uh we, we would actually be lined up for a playoff uh right right now it's very slim pickings for us to go to the playoffs but uh mm. but yeah we won our last two and and uh now we got the best team in the league philadelphia is next so oh uh, really okay so, yeah yeah so, so it'd be tough what has to happen for the saints to make the playoffs and do you have to win every game that you've got remaining and then, and then other scores go your way kind of thing Correct. The Saints would have to win their last two and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have to lose their last two. Right. Okay. And is that likely to happen? It It's not likely, but it, it is actually possible. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, t t Tampa Bay has not been playing great. Uh, t you know, Tom Brady, the quarterback, you know, had another miraculous comeback for him, but, uh, but yeah, they haven't been playing great. But uh, you know, the, the Saints beating Philadelphia is probably the, the the biggest challenge of the of, of the four games. Would you would you was your expectations before the start of the season playoffs, or would you, do you think that, that probably would have been beyond you? 
No, I, I, but I, I'm always I'm a little little unrealistic when it comes to the Saints. <laughs> you, <Okay. know? laughs> you know, so I, I always think that that they're going to be good. You know, just just head in the clouds. Um, and you know, we had a lot of injuries and we, and we had a lot of, a lot of mistakes early on and, and, uh, here we are. I like that optimism because I'm never optimistic about any sport football. Well, football is the main one, but other stuff like cricket and things that I follow pretty closely that, you know, full, being in a Fulham supporter and England, uh, football supporter is we, we exchange messages around the world cup. And obviously I, I don't, I'm sure you're aware that England didn't win the world cup. So obviously we got knocked out yeah. against France. So, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. I, I'm always pessimistic about sport because I always think we're going to lose. I, I feel like even for things that I'm not that in, so let's say two other teams, so you're watching an NFL game with two other teams. If I was watching another sport, whichever one of those I prefer to win will always lose. So whoever I want to win <laughs> will always lose. I wanted France to win the World Cup final, Argentina did. So basically, if there's any sports you fancy a bet on, just ask me who I prefer to win and just bet on the opposition because they'll always win. So that is basically me, a, a Jonah of sporting teams. Um in the ring here, we've got Sting. What do you think about these yellow uh, long trunks that, or long tights that Sting's got? They're not a great look, I don't think, is it really? No, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of generic. Yeah, it is a bit generic, isn't it? I wonder whether, because um, I, I think Sting in later years became a very, you know, very, very good wrestler. Um, but I haven't seen too much of him in these, in this bit of him, other than you know, a bit of natural charisma as he poses for the crowd here. To suggest that he was going to be actually quite a, you know, I mean, he was he's a big star sting in, in NWA. And I know his um his first world title was a little bit derailed because of a knee injury, but he, he ended up being a pretty, pretty solid star, I think. Oh, a, a, absolutely. He became a, became a really big star. Um, yeah, you, you know, that's that's one of the unique things about, you know, about pro wrestling is, is you know, is the bookers have so much control. And and if, if a guy have has some natural charisma and and they are put in the right position, I mean they could take somebody that's not a great wrestler, but make them a super, super, superstar. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think I think I think the charisma is is really the, the key. Yeah, I think especially back then, I th I think there's probably more um more emphasis now on in-ring work. But I think I think you're right. If you had someone that was a Yes, a seven out of ten in ring and a ten out of ten charisma. Then they still still would do a really good job as your kind of lead heel or babyface in in twenty twenty two or moving into twenty twenty three. I think the problem is now you've got a lot of people that are probably eights and nines out of ten um, in ring, but there's not too many. There's not too many people that I think are real big stars in wrestling now. Roman Reigns is a big star and he he is good in ring. I don't I don't know why people put maybe a seven and a half out of ten in ring. That might be being a bit unkind. Maybe eight. But he's the only real megastar in wrestling. And the other people that I think are, are really good, like the Omegas and Will Ospreys of this world, might be a 9 out of 10 in ring. But Omegas kind of carries himself as a star. But there's no there's no big characters left in, in wrestling. I think that's the big difference then, is you had a lot of big characters. You know, you look at some of the classics from you know the Mid-South days, like Junkyard Dog and stuff. You think the guy was absolutely oozing charisma, wasn't he? But you just don't get people like that these days. I, I think that's a good point. And, and, and really not considering the current day, you know, because I don't really watch the stuff nowadays. Mm. And I, but, but, but I do, I do see what you mean because when I do click it on, I mean, those guys today are extremely gifted in the ring. I, I think, I think part of it, you know, back in the eighties, uh, th there was a lot of mystery involved, you know? So for instance, I'll give you one like the, the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. Mm. 
Mm. I remember seeing him on these magazine covers all the time. You know, you would see him on these magazine covers and he was bloody and he's in these feuds with the great Kabuki or somebody like that. And then you would see, then when you finally got a chance to see him wrestle on like maybe the Superstation, he was the drizzling shits, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but there was so much mystery, you know, because many of the stars that I grew up um, knowing about, most of it was through magazines. It wasn't yeah. until later that I got to actually see them wrestle, you know, so it was a little bit different. Now you could, if you mentioned Will Ospreay, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a full match of his, mm. but if I wanted to, I could go on YouTube and watch a hundred of them, you know, you, so you could. we have you access could. to that now. Yep. Do you know what? I'm going to find you a really good Will Ospreay match when I'm, when we're done and I'm going to send it over to you. And I'm really interested at some, at some point, have a watch and let me know what you think, whether you think it's too flippy or it's okay or it's somewhere in the middle. I'll be really interested in hear, hearing your your sort of thoughts on that because I, I get to see him quite a lot because he's um, he still wrestles quite a lot in the UK uh, in between sort of stuff in America and Japan. So I saw, I've only saw him a couple of weeks ago before Christmas, but he's, um, he's a kind of... The thing with him is that he, um, depending on what stage of his career, I could send you a match of his from sort of 2017 or something when he's, you know, quite a skinny guy, but all the high flying moves in the world. But since then to now, he sort of developed into quite a, um, he's not massive, he's not huge, but he's, he's, a, he's a stocky guy now and he's quite um, sort of strong style, violent, heavy hitting, that sort of thing. So he's kind of completely evolved. So it's almost like you need to see one from then and one from now and sort of see the see see how he's evolved. And a lot of that is because in Japan, you can't really be in the heavyweight division unless you're, what, 200 pounds, I think it is. So, um, or I can't, yeah, or something in kilos. So that's why he was always in the juniors before that. But um, yeah, even him, you know, he's okay on, the, on promos, but, uh, you know, I couldn't ever see necessarily WWE getting behind him and him being... You know, a, a WrestleMania main eventer there, um, even with as good as he in the, is in the ring. Changing, well, and, and you know, sorry, God. Uh, no, no, I was just going to say. Now, one of the things you know, we still go to some local matches. You uh, went to him recently, some, didn't you? Yes, yeah, there's yeah. local in there's local independent matches that come around here every couple weeks, mm. and and none of these guys or, or or anybody you would know, but just being in the arena being front row or being up close to the ring, I can get into it. Yeah. It's just it's just the TV guys that I haven't had a chance to build uh build the relationships not the right term, but no but I think that is I, the, I don't I think know. that is the right term. I think that absolutely is yeah. the right term. Yeah. Because I think if you so say for example, if you if one of those guys you saw at a local one of your local shows Let's say you saw them sort of three or four times over the course of a year, and then one of them got called up to AEW or WWE. You think, well, actually, I really quite like to see that and see how he's getting on. And then you might be like, well, they're doing well. And then you follow that and follow that and follow that. And I think that's such a big part of wrestling. If you've got people that you are um, fond of and you have a connection with, I think that that makes it all the more special, I think. But um, yeah. I'm guessing in terms of sort of your, your favourites, I know you watched a bit of WWF around the sort of Attitude Era, but I'm guessing that you have probably haven't had a modern day favourite for some time now. And that 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 impacts on your want, I think, to watch. Because AEW, for example, I really like CM Punk. CM Punk's not in it now. I'm far less inclined to watch it. So I guess that's the same sort of same for you in terms of what's your draw to these modern day promotions, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What have you been watching in the Canova household in recent times on television? Because I know I, we 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 touched on that the last time we were on the show. So I'm interested in the in the latest 
television habits in-house? So when I pull up YouTube, I've got things that, you know, you know how it, it knows what you've been watching. Yeah. And so for some reason, uh, some YouTubes popped up of the original Sheik. Oh, and okay. so, uh, and so, you know, he's one of the first hardcore guys, uh, you know, he was, he was kind of a, a Sabu's uncle or whatever, you, you know, and, and he always, he's kind of like Abdullah the Butcher, you know, his matches were simple, but bloody, mm. but, but I, I was watching a lot of his, his promos. The, the other thing that I do a lot is, is I will search 80s house shows. Mm. I want to see the dark arena, uh, doesn't have to have commentary. But I want to see those those full matches. Uh, I, I don't want to see the the '80s matches that were kind of cut down for TV. Yeah. I, I want to see the, the the full matches. I want to see the guys interacting with the crowd. You know, I want to see a lot of that fluff at the beginning of the match that you don't normally get to see on TV. Just those yeah. crowd interactions and those kind of things. And so that's that's kind of what I've been watching recently. It's just house shows from the '80s. Did you see, I don't know if you caught the pile driver on Tommy Rogers there. So basically, this was a long match between Sting and Eddie Gilbert and the Fantastics. Uh, probably at least or 12 minutes or so of TV time. That's, that's all we've had, isn't it, so far, pretty much. Um, and Terry yeah. Gordy just came in and absolutely brutalised. Um, uh, which one is, I always get these two mixed up. Who's standing yeah, up that, at the that, moment, that's... sorry? That's Bobby Fulton standing Bobby up. Bobby Fulton standing up. Rogers, so Tommy yeah. Rogers, yeah, Tommy Rogers. Um, I don't know if they're going to show it on this replay here, but he was absolutely, he took this pile driver so well from Terry Gordy. I hope they're going to show it again, but he literally took it right on the top of his head, almost like a Rob Van Dam take. Here we go, here we go. Look at this, the way he takes this yeah. uh, this pile driver. Look at that. That is um, that is quite wow. something. So Terry Gordy's obviously not a happy man. Um, let's listen in to T Ted DiBiase here actually quickly. Self a good laugh now. You paid them big bonus dollars to the one-man gang to put me out. Well, he sent me on a vacation. He fractured my ribs. He did a pretty good number on me. But you can't kill my spirit. And until somebody hurts me bad enough that I can't climb back in that ring, I want to keep coming back. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 100% well. And today, I'm going to climb back in that ring and start showing everybody and making everybody know that my presence is here and it's going to be felt. One man gang, you better take a very long, hard look at this face because you're going to be seeing an awful lot of it in the very near future. Every time you turn around, I'm going to be right up in that big face of yours. I'm a wrestler. I'm not a bully. I'm not a 400-pound freak. I'm a wrestler, and I'm coming back to show you and everybody else what I'm made of. And today is the day it starts. 1987 is going to be my year. Do you think? Oh, here we go. We're listening to Akbar and One Man Gang. A lovely T-shirt One Man Gang's got on there, isn't it? But the Busey, the gang will put you away like never before this time. And if you think broken ribs were tough before, boy, the punk slapper's got something he's gonna tell you about. You better listen and listen good. You know, General, I don't know. Oh no, too much too shouty. And it wasn't even a match. It wasn't a scheduled match out there. And the referee counted me out. Well, it's not right. And I don't know what's going on in the UWF DBLC, but I'm guaranteeing you one thing. If you think 
Your ribs hurt before when I busted them up. They're going to hurt twice as bad because you've got two rib cages and I'm going to bust both of them. You don't pin the one-man gang. You got a fast count in your favor, Debussy, but it's all over. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, lovely sign there. Fantastic strutting their stuff. Uh, two questions. One, uh, I think, well, actually more of a statement. I'm not sure that uh, white, a white T-shirt with kind of, um, what color that color would that be? Claret stripes? Claret pinstripe stripes? <laughs> it's quite the one for one-man gang, isn't it, really? Oh, good stuff. <laughs> do, do you also think, the, sorry, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you see that that clip? I can watch those all day. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you know, see, see, that's that, that's my wrestling. Watching the promo, DiBiase, of course, the greatest, you know, one of the greatest of all time. He's got the he's got the gig marks on his head. You know, they, then you bring a great manager mouthpiece in there, uh, Skandar Akbar. One man's gang's got the big white tape on his head. So you you just you just can't wait to buy a ticket to the arena. So because, you know, you're going to go see those guys bleed yeah. at the arena, you know, and, and that to me, that that was that was the wrestling that 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 I enjoyed the most right there. Did uh, did Skander Akbar call him Debussy to like make fun or, or what was what was that? Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was uh, that was just Akbar's way of just giving him a little nudge, giving him yeah. a little shot. But it, it, uh, he, he was really good at that. Uh, Ernie Ladd was good at that as well. Ernie Ladd would kind of kind of mispronounce people's names on purpose as a little little jab at him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Akbar was great. Jericho used to do that years later, calling Michael Cole, Mitchell Cole, and various things like that. Um, yeah. The, the yeah. other thing I was going to ask is, do you think, obviously, uh, DiBiase has been programmed with One Man Gang here. Do you think that, and I'm sure they do, wrestlers when they get, you know, they've got, you know, they've got to work a two month program with someone that's not all that good. I mean, I can't imagine two months on the road with one man game being all that much fun. Do you think DiBiase was dreading this this program? You know, that's a really, really good question. Uh, you know, and and I, and I tell you, I, I don't know DiBiase personally, but but I do know Jerry Stubbs, Mister mm. Olympia, and and that is a question I'm going to ask him. Uh, because that, that's a really good question, because all of the stories that I've heard, you know, come with a positive slant, yeah. you know, that they, they enjoyed working with this guy. But but somebody like One Man Gang. Now, I will say One Man Gang is one of the nicest guys on the planet. I've had a I chance to meet him. him. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a wonderfully nice guy. So I'm sure the guys loved being on the road with him. But just being in the ring, having yes. to move that big guy had to be had to be a chore. Yeah, and I suspect I, I'm sure that one man gang. Every single pro, promo or segment he's been in, as Eli the Eliminator gets a pin on, uh, who is it? Crikey, it's not Al Perez, it's Bobby Perez. We want Al Perez, but not Bobby Perez. Um, <laughs> right, I'm sure right. every every single every single segment I've seen one man gang in, I imagine he's like the funnest person at the bar or the party afterwards. But as you say, I suspect a one-man gang house show match, you're probably talking about a minimum 10 minutes because they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had more than five or six matches. And, and I'm sure Bill Watts wanted, didn't, didn't really, certainly wouldn't book a squash with um, Ted DiBiase and the one-man gang. So interesting finish there. That was kind of like a Michinoku driver for me, Eli the Eliminator, which is uh, quite something for 1987. And we've got Mr. Debussy up next. Um, but yeah, I think the in-ring bit can't have been fun. I, I suspect there's probably an element for someone like a DiBiase or a Bret Hart where they take 
some of that on as a challenge. But I suspect, like like Bret Hart did with Yokozuna years later. But I also suspect there's probably only there's only so much of that, and that probably can get old pretty quickly. I'd imagine, and they would be t- they would be teamed up for a long period of time together. Well, and keep in mind too, and I think we've talked about this on here. Uh, somebody like Hacksaw Duncan, you know, you watch him on video, and everybody kind of says, you know, he couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Back then, when you you suspending disbelief. And, and these guys are having these blood feuds. There wasn't a whole lot of wrestling moves being done anyway. No, you yeah. know, so, so, so most likely if, 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 uh, if one man gang and DiBiase were in the ring, most of it was, was both of them on their feet, throwing punches, you know, bloodying each other up a couple, a couple bumps from, you know, going to the mat, but there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of wrestling moves anyway. So it wasn't like no. they had to move each other a whole lot yeah and i don't think um you know i i like i I, if i'm honest today in 2022 well 2023 now i do like you know my favorite wrestling is stardom japanese women's wrestling and it's quick and it's slick and it's moves and it's all of that but it's all about for me it's less so on the moves it's more about the the look of something so that so not even realism because wrestling doesn't wrestling hasn't ever really looked real to me it's more about are there any holes in this work so whether you're doing 68 flips on the top rope or you're doing a punch and kick style it's just are you doing that style well and and i'll tell you what i watched um for another podcast earlier in the earlier last year i watched bruno three matches from bruno sammartino and all he was was brawling forward 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 good punches good punches good punches the crowd went nuts for it so uh, you know i think hacksaw in this era um was, was pretty good and entertaining i think the problem for hacksaw is that by the time that WWF came around and a lot, and you know, more eyeballs were on his work. Um, his body was probably, you know, this was this was a hard, uh, you know, hard old schedule in in UWF and Mid South. Let alone WWF when they're working five or six nights in a row, San Francisco to New York to Chicago, and and the the crazy schedule. If you look at Cage Match and Hacksaw Jim Duggan for 1988 or something, there's no rhyme or reason to the geography most of the time. They'd be all over the place. So I can't really blame him for doing a you know, a, a limited style when he's got that, that so, so many, you know, so many miles on the clock as Mr. DiBiase is yeah, out here. He, yeah. So I think that that's the challenge for, for Duggan. I think that's, I think people probably look at, look back on him a little bit, a little bit unfairly, I think really. Um, I was watching today WrestleMania nine for um, another podcast, which is right towards the end of DiBiase's WF reign, but he had a white and gold suit on world tag team title belt, he was looking, yeah, I know we've talked about man crushes before, but DiBiase was a good looking man, wasn't he? <laughs> DiBiase was the man. He, uh, he really was. Of course, was. my fa- my favorite's kind of around this era that we're watching now. You know, uh, wish he had the black glove. I love the black glove. Yeah. Uh, but but go go back and watch some of his stuff on Superstation. You know, right when he turns heel on a junkyard dog and that 83, 84 time period, uh, he, he he's the man. Uh, yeah. Hey, and also, r- real quick, you know, you just mentioned Bruno Sammartino, and, and that's a perfect – that's a really good analogy because I know how much I love Hacksaw because he was here. I could not stand Bruno because I didn't get a chance. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch him in a local program every week and follow the emotions of Bruno. Yeah. So all I know of Bruno is what I see on TV of him now. And so, uh, you know, his, his matches from the past, so I'm sure it's very similar for other people with Hacksaw Duggan. 
Yeah. If, yeah. if you didn't live him week to week, watching his promos, watching him live, you can't really appreciate him. So I, I think those are good, good comparisons. Completely. If you've, if you've not, if you're trying to judge Hacksaw Jim Duggan and you've not seen stuff like him in the best dress competition in mid South, that episode of television was absolutely outstanding with, with um, Joel Watts backstage and uh, you know, the, the sound on and all that stuff. Genuinely, that was that was what eighty five, I think. That was that was still Mid South and Irish McNeil Boys Club. So that was eighty five, and that was like an episode of Raw from you know two thousand and one or Nitro from just before that. That was a really ultra modern, ahead of its time angle, and the whole way they did it, and it was tremendous television. Let's just listen to Deviosis is calling someone out here. Yeah, good thing he didn't challenge you. You're... He's bringing the gang. Here they come. Who is that whiff scanner? Well, Let's see who's going to laugh now. We had another match schedule. DiBiase did not leave the ring, obviously. I don't think Agbar's too excited about this, but the one-man like, gang. I don't like Agbar's gang, but you got to get the referee call Fergie and the one-man gang. In the, in the leather jacket? Oh, I think that was just a security guy. Oh, was it? Okay, I wonder if they were about to announce a new kind of um, debut, a new person here. What is going to happen here then? Because DBOS is in there. I suspect not much is going to happen here, but we'll we'll stay with it for a second. The dressing area, Agbar and the gang were having quite a conversation. Here he goes. There they go, Fist City. Well, I tell you, I don't know who tell who it is. You go nose to nose with the gang, you're probably going to end up on the short side, and DBOS walked right. right in. Do not try to overpower him. That's his game plan, and that is not DBOS's game plan. DiBiase knows how to fight, but this is a man that he thrives on beating people up. Look at that. And this is not a match. The ha, laugh now, DiBiase. Ha ha, he who laughs last, huh? Yeah, you ain't laughing. He asked for this, Jim Ross. Well, he wanted to sell it man on man. The gang, though, take... Surely DiBiase is going to get get a comeback here, because this is quite a, this is quite a beatdown otherwise, isn't it? Well, DiBiase just got the blade. Uh, I think we we about to oh, see really? some, some. Yeah, yeah. DiBiase got the blade. There we go. I think yeah, we do it. Yeah, I think we're just trying to sell tickets to the next arena match here. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Gang's gonna take DiBiase out here. It's really interesting because I wonder what. And I remember when the change happened here. So, WW, I grew up on. By the time that I was really watching wrestling, British wrestling wasn't a thing anymore. So British wrestling used to be on. Pretty pretty um good spot on a Saturday lunchtime on 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 ITV. One of our free to wear, bit like NBC or Fox or something like that. So really big thing. Then it was cancelled in 1988. But in the WWF in the early 90s, you wouldn't get angles like this. But by about 97, like when the attitude era was coming in, things like chair shots to the head and things were censored. But I wonder what parents thought because this would have been on. You know, traditionally Mid South was what Saturday mornings, I suppose, wasn't it? In, yeah. In terms of the yeah. time slot, I wonder what parents thought of blood in wrestling angles back then, because it's 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 quite that, that, it's it's quite extreme, isn't it? Really, I think it it, it really is, it, and and that was pretty pretty common. Uh, you know, so, if if not every week, every couple weeks. So that was they 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 had a match then, and Debios has pinned him. That was not a sanctioned match. 
If it's I just I, if it's not a match, why is the referee counting? I do think they I I think they've lost their way a little bit with the, with the booking of some of this stuff because the way they did the title change from what from um, Terry Gordy to One Man Gang is weird. And if he's a champion, should he be getting pinned on TV at all? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I think that it's it's a very good question. I, I think part of it. Yeah, let's listen to the let's free birds here. We'll come back to that. Yeah, gets yeah. together. I thought that the Freebird family would like to just let everybody know what's in store for 87. As you see Sunshine here, P.S. right here, Bam Bam and Buddy Jack. I want everybody to know that it's not going to be a good 87 except for us. Ain't that right, Big Brother? Happy New Year. You know, <laughs> I'd just like to say this. I don't feel too good standing out here without my universal title, and I'd just like for everybody to know that. And you know, there's a lot of people going to pay. That's all I can say. Hey, I don't feel very happy staying out here without my TV title, and I don't like anybody. Sweetheart, you're both going to get your titles. <laughs> all three are the best. In 1987, you're going to show everybody who the best is. There's no doubt in our minds, right? And at this time, in 1988, it'll all come true. You can bank on it. Oh, yeah, it seems like the big question uppermost on everybody's mind now it's like, who's going to get in line now for a shot at the Universal Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles? Well, that's not the question upmost on our mind, is it? I want the belt. You know, the biggest question on our mind right now is which of us three, maybe I'll go after Savannah Jack for his TV title, so that'll leave two of us to go after the tag team titles. You see, it doesn't really matter. You can have this great tag team right here, but then again, if Steiner decides he wants to go and beat Savannah Jack for the TV title, that leaves me and Sting. I want him If Sting decides he wants to go and wrestle the one-man gang for the UWF heavyweight title, <laughs> that leaves Miss me and Steiner. so good. Then maybe, maybe yes. if I decide I want to beat the one-man gang and Savannah Jack, that leaves Sting and Steiner to walk in and take the tag team titles. And Missy, I know that's what's going to keep you with me as title. Anything you want? Missy is so good. Her little improv yes. bits are incredible. She's so good. Yeah, going back to the booking of the one man gang and the title. You know, what do you what do you think? Having you know, having seen this and the way they've done it. So the only thing that I can think is is uh, they're expanded so much now. I, I don't think I think they they kind of venturing off from the episodic uh, uh, male soap opera. To now, let's just show them some wild stuff on TV so we can get them to come to the arena and, and watch more wild. You, you know, because because I, I could see after that match, they could say, okay, let's book DiBiase and One Man Gang in a cage match. And let's people will come see actually, Terry. Yeah. Let's see what we've got to say. I have never proclaimed to be the greatest brawler in the world. I have never protested that I was the strongest wrestler in the world or anything else. The name at the top of the marquee is W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G, wrestling. And that's what I am, One Man Gang. I am a wrestler, and I've proved it to you and everybody watching that I can out-wrestle you. Yes, you're bigger than I am. You are stronger than I am. The One Man Gang, I'm smarter than you are, and I put your 400-pound body to the mat for a three-count. But it wasn't on the line. It wasn't a sanctioned match. But the fact still remains that your shoulders were on the mat. I did it once, Jim Ross. They've called me a tactician for years. 
I've done it once, and now the Universal Wrestling Federation knows that I can get the job done. That puts me right in line, one-man gang. Akbar, you listening? Stick your nose in there again. You made a fatal mistake. You didn't finish me off. I'm back, and I'm hot on the trail for that belt. This is the second time now I've beat a man that's held that belt, and I've come away with nothing but a pat on the back. Next time, gang, the belt's going to be on the line, and then it's going to be mine. Ted DiBiase, the one right, I've got, I've got to say something. Who walked in in the middle of that shot yeah. then? Because someone did, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> was he, it Jeff Wright? He, 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 he did. Was. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could it, it could be, and then he's trying to hide behind yeah. Jim Ross there. Yeah, because yeah. when I first yeah. saw the door open, I thought someone's coming in to attack Ted DiBiase, but um, yeah, no, it wasn't. Also, one man gang's right shoulder was up during that pin as well. I don't know if you noticed that. So th th there's so many things there, you know, because again, B Bill Watts, it was almost like he read your mind. He knew he was going to question the booking. So next thing you know, you see DiBiase filling in some of the blanks, talking about, hey, it was unsanctioned, talking about, you know, you know, uh, title wasn't on the line, uh, talking about it was a it was a wrestling match. Literally, all he did was hook the leg. There was no yeah. wrestling moves at all in that, you know. But but again, it, people are going to now buy a ticket to go see that at the arena. You know, because they're going to say, hey, DiBiase could beat him. And then a the one-man gang could claim my shoulder was up. And and it was unsanctioned. And we weren't prepared. And, and you know, uh, you know, Skandar Akbar could say, my, you know, my, my guy wasn't prepared for this match. And, and so they can still get, you know, another month worth of matches out of those guys. Definitely, definitely. Just, just as we're, we're closing off, I suspect this tag team match is going to go off the air um, as it normally would do on UWF without a decision. I feel like there's a huge difference in this promotion at the moment between the top tier and everything un underneath it. So you've got Duggan, you've got uh, Gordy. Sorry, on the babyface side, you've got Duggan, Williams, and DiBiase. And on the heel side, you've got um, what the Freebirds? I'm not sure. I put One Man Gang quite in the same though. Though he's the champion, but he's he's kind of up there. But then it, everybody else doesn't really feel like a star. Now I, I feel like if you went back maybe two years, um, I think the roster would be a bit more balanced. Um, but I think I feel like so. For example, when DiBiase and Williams and Gordy go after Japan, the show is really really starlight. But then when they're on, you see that DiBiase promo there. That's like a superb wrestling, like simple, but superb wrestling promo on a TV show. And you think this is electric stuff, but it just, the rest of the yeah. cast of characters isn't quite there. And, I, you know, that is that is reflective of, you know, this is months before WrestleMania 3. You look at the WrestleMania 3 card and all of the different territor territorial stars that are on that for Vince, then you, you can see why there's not much left there, is there really? Yeah, it, it's a lot of, uh, I get, for lack of a better term, it's kind of scattered. Because because yeah. you got Wild, Wild Bill Irwin who who has some main events under his belt in in uh, world class. You got Iceman King Parsons who was a main eventer kind of in world class. Uh, Leroy Brown. Uh, when I first he's one of my first memories of watching Mid South. He and Ernie Ladd were the Mid South Tag Team Champions, mm. uh, and and they were a tremendous tag team in Mid South about 1980. Uh, Again, a big star, you know, was in Atlanta, was in Mid-Atlantic. So they got a lot of – Guerrero's a big star. You got a lot of stars, but they haven't really created uh, a place on the ladder here yet. Yeah, it, it, It's almost like Bill Watts has taken a lot of people who have proven to be stars, 
but haven't created an identity for them here right now. Yeah. And, and and I think it's because Vince is kind of plucking all of the all of the guys from from, from all the territories. Yeah, plus plus Crockett's expanding nationally as well. So it's um, you know, it's a tough time for talent around this time. So you you've got you've got your stars, but there's enough there's certainly enough still here at the top end of this card when they're all available to to make the television show entertaining and also um as you say, the key thing, you know, if we were living in one of these towns where we buy a ticket to this this promotion, yes, we would. Though I I do wonder whether a lot of the undercard, we might be sort of sitting on our hands waiting for the stars to come out towards the end. But then that said, WWF, if you look at a WWF pay-per-view in 1998 with Steve Austin in the main event, pretty much everything below that, uh, if it didn't involve Mankind or people like that, or Triple H, um, was not very good because they, they had the same difficulty. They had a, they, they, they were lopsided towards their top end, but their mid-card and, and lower card wasn't very good. But that is it. That is it for the January the 10th. Um, 1987 episode of Mid South Wrestling, or sorry, Universal Wrestling Fresh. I'll never get used to saying that rather than Mid South Wrestling. But good to see Ted DiBiase back. We've got a long match with the Fantastic Thing and Eddie Gilbert. Any final thoughts on this early morning for you, Terry? On this, uh, the start of '87. It makes me sad every time they say, "Oh, this is going to be our year." Wait till you see us in '8 and all this sort of stuff. It's like, well, we know it's not going to happen. But what do, what do you think of the start of the year for UWF? Well, no, I was glad we got to do this. Good, good to see you. Always love talking wrestling with you. And 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 I was I was excited that uh, didn't know what to expect. I didn't do a lot of homework on this episode. And and uh, and we pop it in. And next thing you know, you got a you got a, a DBIC. We got two DBIC interviews. You got some DBIC blood. Yeah, you, know, you got to see a little brawling. You got a little bit of Missy Hyatt. So you know, hey. Uh, pretty pretty good stuff you can't really complain about that combination of things can you really so yeah that's good well we'll do yeah. um we'll get to, we'll get phil back on and we'll do a traditional review of maybe two or three shows at some point uh probably next month at some point or maybe even march before um before the crockett buyout but yeah any final words terry from you before we get on out of here no just uh always always good as i said always good to chat always good to talk mid-south uwf wrestling and uh just want to wish you your family and and all of listeners a very very happy 2023 much love much uh good health and uh happiness to all of you guys Thank you very much, Terry. We appreciate it. And the same to all of the listeners. I hope you're you're all recovered from the New Year's festivities and you all started the diets and exercise programs, which I hope that by the time you're listening to this, I've lost at least half a stone because I, I need to badly now. <laughs> Terry, thank you very much again. Thank you very much. Have a great one. And there's more good stuff to look forward to now as we move forward to the January the 17th, 1987 episode of the Universal Wrestling Federation. And we get a recap to start off with of the angle with the Fantastics last week with Terry Gordy delivering that brutal, brutal pile driver on poor, poor Tommy Rogers. Now let's listen in to Jim Ross and Michael Hayes. For the next 60 minutes, along with our color analyst, Michael P.S. Hayes. And ladies and gentlemen, thank Looking you so very sexy. much for being with us. And we have a tremendous hour. Freebird hour. Two championship matches. Freebird hour, the UWF tag team on the line, newly crowned champions, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Terry Taylor. Kiss them goodbye, brother, because Bam Bam and Buddy Jack are going to take them. And Savannah Jack, you taking a walk down Bad Street. Because Savannah Jack... Plus the broads, man. The broads are fighting on TV. Uh-oh. Lumberjack rules, man. That means you can fondle them when Girls. you throw them Oh, no, 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 no. Michael Hayes, you've let yourself down, and I've let everyone down. 
allowing that to appear on the podcast. That is bad news, Mr. Hayes. Bad news. Silver's team of Rick Steiner and Sting in action in the hour. We have a new UWF top 10 in the hour. Excellent. It is going to be full of action the next 60 minutes. Right now, let's go to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing first from Hollywood, California, at 265 pounds, Jack Victory. And from Vicksburg, Mississippi, at 227 pounds, Ken Massey. I don't think Mr. Victory's chances of winning here are all that good, given that he is teaming with the uncle of the Young Bucks. Yes, not a great bit of a career advancement for Mr. Victory here. Obviously, with Hollywood John Tatum out injured. We're getting into it. Missing Link is missing. There is he's biting Jack Victory. Now look, Tommy Gilbert. It's on his blind side, but he probably wouldn't do nothing about it anyway. Well, Victory Boom, I spent this in the ring. Neither does the Missing Link, for that matter. I spent hitting the ropes. Could be his. Yes. Solid, right on the chin. Got to be it. Dark Journey's combination. Classic, classic Iceman King Parsons buttocks to the face for the victory there. A great wrestling maneuver. situation with Ted DiBiase, the one-man gang, right after this timeout. Lovely music. He'll be in the ring in a few moments, but last week, Ted DiBiase made an impression on the wrestling fans of this country and especially on General Skandar Akbar and the one-man game. Jim Ross, it's always been said, and uh, Ted DiBiase exemplified it. A picture's worth a thousand words. A wrestler can always beat a brawler because once you get a hook on him, that's it. Now, the only thing that I stipulate, like I said, two wrongs don't make a right. They stripped the belt from my brother. Nobody beat him for it. You can't take the belt from gang. It was not a sanctioned match. I question, can DiBiase do that to him in a sanctioned match? Well, he certainly did it to him in that non-sanctioned match last week. Ted DiBiase pinned the one-man gang. Let's go back in time seven days and relive that moment. Let's not. Let's hear from Savannah Jack instead. Everybody, I hope you have a bright, 87. Well, because I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of new things happening in the, in the UWF now in 87. And I got a match coming up with Michael B.S. Hayes. Nice. Michael, <laughs> this foot is going to be in your face and you're going to be the disgrace because man, Terry Gordy and Buddy Jack Roberts aren't going to have nobody to lead them around no more after I eliminate you. Seems like everybody here, and I like know you know it's this, everybody here gets all tongue-tied, everybody gets so excited, because I hear Jim Ross, and he's talking about, he's talking about, well, Skandor Akbar leading the one-man gang, the UWF heavyweight champion, down to the ring. Or he's leading the Leroy Brown and Wild Bill Irwin down to the ring. Big deal. I don't care. Do you care? No. No one cares. I don't care. Then I hear him talking about, oh, there's Michael Hayes, he's coming down, he's got his arm around Terry Gordy because he lost the belt to Dr. Oh. S.B. Williams when he didn't even wrestle the match. I don't care. Doesn't care. Then, then he says, Michael Hayes is going down there again, he's got all the Buddy Roberts because Buddy Roberts just lost the TV. Interesting that heels are being argumentative with other heels here. An interesting turn of events. Everybody out there is forgetting about us. And that's just the way I like it. Because see, see the way I figured, Jim Duggan and Terry Taylor are new tag team champions. And the way I see it here is that any time, 
any two of us, we decide to, can take the tag team titles. You see, if Steiner decides he wants to take on Savannah Jack for the TV title and win it, then me and Sting will take the tag team titles. Then if Sting decides he wants to take on Skandar Akbar's one-man game, at least me and Steiner to take yeah. the tag team titles. Then if I decide I want to take on the one-man game, then Sting and Steiner, and I promise you that are going to be the tag team champions. Pretty much exactly what he said last Welcome week. Welcome back, really. everybody, to the Tulsa Convention Center and Universal Wrestling. We'll have the UWF Tag Team Championship matchup for you in just a few moments. But if you were with us last week, I asked Michael Hayes after Terry Gordy's seemingly unprovoked attack on the Fantastics if Michael could arrange an interview. And I want to thank. And you I for did. That. Didn't I? I want to thank We've got a sit-down interview with Terry Gordy and Jim Ross coming up next. Staged in the stand of the Tulsa Tulsa, easy for me to say. Convention Center, something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to listen in to what Jim Ross and Terry Gordy have got to say for himself. As uh, someone in the sound, in the crowd says, Michael, misspelled, pretty sick haze, yuck, yuck, and something, the free birds. It looks like, it looks like it begins with an F. It's a rude word. And I do appreciate the fact that Terry went out and got sunshine to help keep warding all these broads away from me, man. It caused me a lot of trouble, you know, with my old lady. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear the interview with Terry Gordy. Ladies and gentlemen, last week here on the program, I asked Michael Hayes to... Jim Ross has a microphone with a red top. Very nice. And he succeeded in doing that. And Terry, I do appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule. I have a lot of questions to ask, but one of my first questions is, we're here at the top of this uh, big arena. It's, it's empty. And uh, why this setting? Well, let me ask you something. Don't it, don't it feel good setting up here? I mean, up at top, I mean, don't it, I mean, looking down at everything, don't it feel good? Sitting on top all, of the world, so to speak. That's right, that's right. You know, and that's what I was doing six weeks ago. I was setting up on top of the world, man. I had the biggest title in professional wrestling today. And now it's all went downhill. That's why I'm setting up here, because six weeks ago I was setting up on top. And I like it up on top. That's where I should be, is up on top. Hey. I'll give you credit where credit's due. I think you're the best announcer in professional wrestling today. Well, I, I do appreciate that very and much. And I think I'm the best professional wrestler in professional wrestling today. Don't you agree? Well, I'll tell you what. If you're not the best, you're certainly uh, right at the top of the heap. I'm not going to get into philosophies, but I, there's some questions. Why Sunshine? Why is Sunshine involved with the Freebirds now? Let me just tell you something, Ross. You know, have you ever been around my brother, Michael? Have you ever seen all the girls that try to flock on him, man? I had to bring sunshine in to keep the girls off of him, man, because it was causing problems. That's why. I'm Close up on Jim Ross's face. Well, Seems like he understands uh, uh, the situation exactly. with the ladies. What about the big man, the angel of death, six seven, three hundred twenty pounds? That's right, and he is a big, big man, and he gets the job done, brother. Let me just tell you this, Ross. You know. Uh, Angel of Death, he needs to be there when uh, me and my brothers, we got other places to be. You know, there's a big demand for us all over the world. And he's there to be with my brothers when I'm gone, and he's there to be with me if my brothers are gone. You know, that's why the Angel of Death is there. All right. That, and that, that's, that's a viable right. alternative there. What about last week here on the program? Fantastic's having a great tag team matchup. You walk to the ring, you tear them both apart. Why? Yeah, let me tell you something, man. You know, it's like this. You know, they jumped my brothers from behind. 
and I don't appreciate nobody jumping my, in the ring with my brothers. They didn't have no business in there. You know, it's like uh, they want to do something when I'm gone, man. Let me tell you something. You know, that's why I did it. Well, bottom line, Universal Heavyweight Championship. Universal Heavyweight Champion. You're the first man to hold that title. I know it's very special to you. To get it back is going to take going through Dr. Death, I would think. Yeah, hey, you know, that don't matter to me. Dr. Death's a tough man. You know, I'll give credit where credit's to. I gave credit to you. I'll give credit to him. You know, it's he's a tough man, and I'll go through him. I've been through everybody before. You know, I'm the greatest. I am the, that's what I want people to start calling me. I am the greatest. I'm the greatest champion of all, you know what I mean? And uh, I'll go through Dr. Death. I'm going to get my title back. I'll go through anybody that it takes, you know? It don't matter to me, man. I've been through them before, and I'll do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, those comments from the former Universal Heavyweight Champion, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. I thought that was really good stuff from Terry Gordy there as he's coming out with Buddy Jack Roberts for the Tag Team Title Showdown versus our new champions, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Terry Taylor. What is going to happen in this one? So as Taylor and Hacksaw came down to the ring, uh, Eli the Eliminator, Will, Wild Bill Irwin, and also One Man Gang came out to attack them. One Man Gang's got like a weird mini decorating table that he's holding but not doing anything with. Let's listen in. devastation on this unprovoked attack. Taylor and Duggan were walking to the ring, ready to defend the titles. They were jumping Duggan behind. Duggan fighting back. Taylor into the If I was the Freebirds, I'd not be happy Duggan about this because their tag team title match has been taken away from them by this lot. What is one man gang doing with this decorating table? Is he about to do? Is he about to do some wallpapering somewhere in the Tulsa Convention? So he's put it down now. He's realised the table is not the weapon of choice in this situation. Premeditated into the side of the wall, into that one barricades this match has not started and the champions Duggan and Taylor were to defend the titles against the Freebirds and now Irwin's got the table Taylor and Duggan have been battered and hammered here here comes Gary Young they're trying to help young Jeff Rates they're fighting right down here below us they're I'm not getting one. anywhere they're not getting anywhere here comes referee Tommy Gilbert trying to show some authority the crowd is very concerned with this situation Duggan has been busted open. Terry Taylor is more lunchtime Jack. family blood. Here comes the man of Jack. Here comes Ted DiBiase. DiBiase and the gang hooking up. But the devastation, the work of Devastation Incorporated. I wonder, does that mean Eli is part of Devastation? Well, he may have been. He, his free agency may be over. But Hacksaw Duggan and Terry Taylor. Okay, well, look, look. They, if, Devious in a lovely white tracksuit with red trim. Absolutely gorgeous. I've not made it to the ring. My brothers had nothing to do with the assault. If they can't make the match, we're the champs. Oh, I smell a title change here. They're gonna make them they're gonna make them wrestle still, which is ridiculous. Or the, the babyface is gonna say they're okay to, to wrestle. Terry and Hacks had a lovely embrace there as we went out to break. I said, bring the belts to the new champions. Hey, look, just be like a good old funky Mr. Promoter, go get him and tell vice president right now. Hey, what's 
You may or may not have heard me taking my jumper off on air there, so apologies if you did. And also apologies if Michael Hayes said something, anything too inappropriate like he did at the start of the show that I wasn't able to hear and therefore cut out. So ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you the new UWF Tag Team Champions, the fabulous The Reavers! Well, this is going to be interesting to see how this has worked out. I hope Ken Mantell will come out and clarify hey, this. Mantell, come on, baby. Come on, baby. You, you know? <laughs> and bring that bell with What's Cam Ken Mantell going to do? What's he going to do? This is justification. Well, that's right. Hey, 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 bring the belts with you, I said. Hey, it ain't our fault if they can't walk to the ring without hurting themselves. Either get Doug and Taylor out here or bring the belts. If we're completely honest, this is going on a bit. Tim Mantell's making his way to the Come ring. On, let's go, Mr. Vice President. Let's show some authority. Come on. When he could not wrestle, you and your contingency and all your bureaucracy stole and stripped him of the Universal Heavyweight Championship. Nobody beat him for it. Now, as the real champ said, get done. Mantell's hair. It's not the best. Slick down, real cream. It looks a bit like you've just dunked yourself in a pool. Pool? Swimming pool. Pool. Um, and it's all forward. And you, Terry Gordy, you're, you're already facing a fine for what you did last time on the Universal Wrestling Federation. Number two, the reason you're not going to get those belts is when he refused to wrestle, you also refused to let our doctor look at his elbow. Our, our doctor is looking at those two guys right now, and if they're able to wrestle, we'll let them wrestle, and to win those belts, you beat them. Well, that was what a nonsense decision from... Ken Mantell here. Nonsense. Get around, Mantell. Now you jack us around too many times, man. Don't you start, because you ain't past getting beat up yourself. Wait you stole the belt from him. Now we want our belt. Get us somebody to wrestle or give us a belt. Put up or shut up. <laughs> Debiossi and Williams and the Freebirds are high-tailing it out of there. We've got something very, very, very exciting in store very, very soon. And that is the UWF Top 10. I cannot wait. Well, Michael Hayes has made his statement. Dr. Death and Ted DiBiase are in the ring, but the Freebirds made that. Remember what Michael Hayes said. Our hats are off to the UWF and Ken Mantell 
That was a great stand. No, it wasn't. It was a useless stand. Useless. And tag team action right after this timeout. The only thing, the only thing that can possibly improve the situation is an excellent UWF top 10. Let's, let's see that top 10. Where is the top 10? This is all we want is the top 10. Not Jeff Rates for someone. We've been, we've been robbed here of the top 10. Houston, Texas at 245 pounds, Gary Young. Is that Gary Young and, yeah, it is Gary Young and Jeff Rates. Otherwise. Top 10. Yes. At number 10, the missing link. Number nine, Wild Bill Irwin. Number eight, Rick Steiner from Detroit, Michigan. Number seven, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Number six, Terry Taylor. Number five, Michael P.S. Hayes. Number four, Ted DiBiase. Number three is Steve, Dr. Death Williams. The number two contender, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. The number one contender, the television champion, Savannah Jack. And the number one man in the UWF, the giant one-man game. A bit cheap, really, there, considering that they didn't... They usually play, like, a, a, a different um, music and stuff over that, but they just use Eddie Gilbert's entrance. Oh, I wonder what he's, if he's going to say exactly the same thing again. Do you know what? I'm not interested in what Eddie Gilbert's got to say here. I'm sorry to say it, but I'm not. Let's skip forward. And predictably, Sting has won. So up next, we've got the television title match between Michael Hayes and Savannah Jack. What is possibly going to happen? Are we going to get a title change? Are we going to get a title change on the show after the, the schmoz we got for the tag team title match? Savannah Jack. Well, Michael Hayes attacking Savannah Jack. Now, wait just a minute. This. So it does not look like we're getting our, our television title match because they're attacking Savannah Jack before the match starts. So I feel like... I understand, you know, I understand. I'm looking at this with 2023 eyes, not 2022 eyes. I understand that this is all about live events, but I don't think it's a good idea to promote two title matches on your television and then deliver zero. That's not good. They're taking turns dropping elbows on poor Savannah Jack. A couple of them look rather stiff. Um, yeah, Savannah Jack needs some help here. This match has not started. There's Iceman King Parsons along with a missing link and Chavo Guerrero coming to the ring. But the Freebirds who dropped a sum total, I'm told, of nine elbows. They are trying to, to end it all for Savannah Jack and Michael Hayes is what. So we've got in the main event to get her a to ladies pain or lumberjack match. However, anything, uh, Missy Hyer is coming out with thing. a bandage around her Most thumb. Now, I suffered a dislocated thumb, age 11. As I 11? It was in 1993. So I was 11, yes. Uh, and it was excruciating pain. It was done playing in goal for Oxen District. Um, against a team called who was it? Wickham, uh, not Wickham Wanderers. I wasn't playing in League League One. It was Wickham Eagles, not Wickham. 
Uh, don't know. I probably doesn't matter at this point. Something like West Wickham. It was Wickham. West Wickham Eagles from West Wickham. Is it was. Uh, and he stood at my hand, and my thumb. It's never quite been the same ever since. Let's listen in. The bad thumb is elevated on a pillow. My precious baby here, bless your heart. She she broke her thumb thumb this week. Thumb thumb. And it's real swell, real big. It's real swell. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. And Carl Fergie, Missy Foo here broke her thumb thumb this week. And she's not going to be able to wrestle that mean dark journey, are you, honey? You're not going to be able to wrestle her. This is bait and switch number three. Bait and switch number three is not a good thing. She can't wrestle. Broke his thumb thumb. Please. Okay? It's throbbing, she says. It hurts. Yes. Don't you worry. You don't have to wrestle if you don't want to because I know your thumb thumb hurts. It's been hurting all week. You can't. You don't have to wrestle if you don't this is an interesting situation okay. here. They're not really dressed for wrestling, these two, okay. even if they were. Okay, look, look. I know you're always telling everybody what a lady you are and everything, so show, show Missy me what a great lady you really are, and just listen to me and believe me. Dark Journey's out there with a missing link. And, and believe me, because I wouldn't lie to you, Dark Journey. His nose is growing longer. Is that Missy's, Missy broke her thumb thumb this week. And thumb, she's thumb. not going to be able to rest because it swells real big and it hurts, don't it? It hurts her. And she can't wrestle you. She can't wrestle, Michael. She's hurt. Oh, Dark Jenny is wrestled for action, actually. Uh, wrestled for action? Is dressed for action. There you have it, the winner of the match, Dark Journey. Well, Dark Journey is awarded the match by a forfeit. I know that's not what she wanted. But now Eddie Gilbert has gotten Dark Journey. And this Steiner is and taking over on the missing link. Uh, very unsavory. Eddie's got uh, Dark Journey in a kind of full Nelson here. This is bad news. And it appears that Missy Hyatt's had a miraculous recovery, though she's still struggling with that handbag. I'm not sure what's going on. Let's listen in. Inside the ring, Iceman King Parsons is racing by. The missing link is back in the ring. Missing. Iceman with that left hand on Eddie Gilbert. This is really weird. Now, missing link was just sort of standing there while um, Sting was holding her. But now Dark Journey's back on top and has just nailed Hyatt with the loaded Gucci bag. That was a very, very messy finish there on UWF this week. Um, I, yeah, I just think you can't, you, you can maybe get away with one thing that you're promoting in the, over the course of a show that you're, they're not going to deliver. But three things you're talking about at the start of the episode not being delivered is bad news as far as I'm concerned, whether that's 1987 or 2023. Um, that isn't really the way to do a wrestling show for, for me. And he said, for moi, then. A little bit of French for you to end the episode. That is it. That is all of the UWF that exists for January 
1987. So we'll be back on February the 15th with four episodes, I believe. We've got Power Pro Wrestling and we've got three episodes of the new, the normal UWF show to look forward to. So I thank Terry Canova for joining me for the first episode. Uh, we'll have various guests, I believe. I haven't planned it yet. Who knows what you're going to get next month, but something fun, no doubt. Thank you very much for listening. And we should speak to you all again very, very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid-south moments.